What a weekend it was for the Seattle Mariners. They take two or three against one of the best teams in baseball, but the road doesn't get any easier as they head up to Toronto for a three-game set with the Blue Jays. We're going to be talking about it all on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, May 16, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com. Joined as always by my my co-host Colby Patnode. He's right over there to the side. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez. That's T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to check out the Patreon that we have. That's where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested want more of us if this is your first time joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so colby on friday i asked you if the mariners could possibly survive max scherzer and guess what that's exactly what they did they didn't necessarily defeat him well technically speaking they did not defeat him he did not take the loss in this one but they're able to survive him long enough to get to the bullpen and score the eventual game winning run on an rbi by ty france and a big reason for this why they were able to be in that position to win that game was marco gonzalez who was fantastic in this one you know he's had kind of a a rough year you know up and down year but in a couple of these big games, Marco has stepped up at the Mariners. He goes 10 swings and misses in this one, uh, which is starting to become a, a little bit of a trend for Marco this year. He's actually missing quite a few bats uh, this year. Six and two-thirds innings, one earned run, three walks, five strikeouts, uh, five hits. What did you see out of Marco? Yeah, it was kind of a, uh, you know, to use a cliche, it was kind of a bulldog performance from Marco Gonzalez. Um, he wasn't, it wasn't as though he was, uh, quite as good as he was, uh, back in late April against, I believe it Houston. was Houston. Yeah. He was, he was dominant there. This time it was a little bit different. You know, he gave up five hits. He did walk three guys, um, gave up his fair share of hard contact as well. Um, I mean, we're talking about, uh, looks like nine, 10 hard hit balls. Uh, so he, he kind of had to pitch around it. Um, but he did go six and two thirds. He did strike out five. Um, and he was, you know, he, he was appropriately cautious when necessary and also aggressive uh, when necessary. And and it really, it, it was, it did not look like it was going to be that type of outing for Marco. He really struggled in the first, um, got a big strikeout uh, and was able to get out of there with only allowing the one run. And uh, he, along with uh, a couple guys in the bullpen, really made it stick. So, um, he was, he was great. It was, it was kind of classic Marco. Um, you know, we talk about Marco, some people think he's a bust or some people think he's, he's number five. And, you know, he literally went toe to toe with arguably the best healthy pitcher in major league baseball. And, uh, ultimately, even though Scherzer doesn't get the loss, Marco doesn't get the win. Uh, ultimately 
they uh, he did outduel Max Scherzer, which is uh, which is saying something. So uh, Marco's uh, Marco's a bulldog, and uh, you know he kind of stepped up here, and he knew that he had to be darn near perfect with Max Scherzer on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, to his credit, he more or less was um, without even his his best stuff, I would say. So it was it was a really good gritty performance, and then um, you know getting that first one is huge because now you kind of have, I mean. Not necessarily house money, but you got the first one, so we know how that's. You know from last year how that sets up your bullpen really well. You can kind of ebb and flow and decide: Are we going to go really hard in on on game two, or are we going to kind of, eh, you know, we have a game in our back pocket. Let's kind of hold back to game three. Um, winning that first one is huge, and doing it against Scherzer is is massive. Um, it kind of buys you some breathing room the next night against Bassett, um, and uh, yeah, it was just it set the whole thing up. Uh, for Marco, uh, Marco said holding up for the Mariners, and it was, you know, I, I still think it was probably a second best outing, um, but this one was pretty impressive for a completely opposite reason. Yeah, I mean they they needed it. They wouldn't have won this game without that kind of start from him. Um, and mm-hmm. it, you know, the the timing of it couldn't have been any better considering who the Mariners were facing on on the other end. And obviously scoring has just been pretty difficult for the Mariners for the most part, aside from yesterday and even to a certain degree Saturday as well. But uh, they, you know, going up against Scherzer, even the best lineups are going to struggle. Uh, and uh, so they, they needed Marco to basically pitch above his weight. And uh, he did that and, and then some in this one. Uh, so let's cut to Saturday. Um because George Kirby made his second career start in this one. Wasn't fantastic, but also didn't get a ton of help from his teammates in this one either. Uh, four innings pitch. Uh, three runs, just one of them earned. Three hits. Uh, a lot of hard hit, con- uh, a lot of hard contact. I believe uh, ten hard hits uh, registered uh, for him uh, in this one. But um, yeah, like I said, only goes four innings. Uh, he threw 89 pitches. What did you see out of Kirby in his uh, sec- second start? Yeah, it was um, it was a a struggle, but also it again, like you said, he really didn't get any help whatsoever. Um, a ton of errors, a ton of misplayed balls, uh, lots of guys left on. Like he he just he wasn't set up for success. Give the Mets credit; they did work on his pitch count pretty well. And like you said, they did give up. They did get quite a few uh, hard contact. Um, only one strikeout for Kirby. He did walk his first guy, but. You know, he went four innings in New York against a good lineup, gave up just three hits and only one earned run. That's it's pretty impressive for Kirby. Again, like it, 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 it's not that he was great, um, but he was good enough. He kept him in that ball game. Uh, Seattle eventually would come back and tie that game, and Winker almost tied it again in the ninth. Um, foul ball by about I don't know five six feet. So um, yeah, but it, it was he was very aggressive with the fastball again, uh, but. Unlike last time against the Rays, uh, the Mets were able to, to put the fastball in play. He threw twenty, he threw forty three fastballs. He generated twenty six swings, only three whiffs on that pitch. So, um, really focused on the slider uh, as a secondary pitch. Just didn't generate a tons of swing and misses. Actually, the changeup was probably his best pitch uh, of the night, and uh, he started to use it a little bit more towards the end. But uh, yeah, the fastball was the difference here. The Mets were able to foul it off. Um, they fouled off his fastball 14 times. Uh, so that's where the whiffs went, uh, for Kirby against Tampa Bay. Uh, it's, it's kind of like we talked about last week, the Mets are going to make where the Mets were going to make Kirby B 
beat them with a pitch other than his fastball. And it was a good strategy, but Kirby almost kind of gritted his way through it, and he was fine. He, he was good enough to keep the Mariners in that game, and uh, I think that's really all you can ask for for, uh, for Kirby. So then finally yesterday with Robbie Ray, um, Ray had 27 swings and misses in this game. 27. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. That's like actually nuts. He had 22 in his last start, right? And we were like, wow. And then he somehow mm-hmm. tops that. Yet the big inning got him again in the uh, in the fourth inning. He gives up four runs. He also gave up a home run to Francisco Lindor to start this game off. He goes six innings, though. Uh, five runs, all earned. Five hits, three walks, nine strikeouts. How is he going to be able to avoid this big inning? Because it's just, it continues to happen for him. Is it? Is there something that you're seeing in these particular innings? Because I know you watched back uh, yesterday's game as well, kind of knowing what happened already because you were you were on the road. Um, but in these big innings, have you seen something in particular that, that's leading to that happening for him? Or is it just this weird thing that just continues to get him? Yeah, um, I don't notice anything mechanically. That's that's not really my strong suit. Um, but it does appear that uh, it's it's becoming pretty easy to predict when it's going to happen. I know in this game in particular, uh, it was the fourth inning that was the beginning. But you could kind of start to see him that that cycle was going to start in the third inning. He gave up a double. Um, you know, walked a guy. He was able to get out of it without giving up a run. But the next inning. Um, Walked a couple guys. The fastball was up and away. He wasn't finishing, um, and that's usually a pretty bad sign for Ray. Is uh, when the fastball starts to miss uh, badly, up and away, it means he's not finishing. Uh, his either shoulders flying open or he's just not finishing through the baseball. Um, and it takes him usually five, six guys to get that back on track. And and it's it. I don't want to say it's a problem as of yet, uh, because again, aside from the the fourth, aside from about a six hitter stretch. Robbie Ray was very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. but this is what four times in a row now. So yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's not a huge problem yet, but it is an area of concern and something he needs to get better at. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see uh, if he can make that adjustment. All right. So again, the Mariners did win two of these three games and there was some quality offensive performances, particularly yesterday. Uh, There was uh, some decent pitching from the Mariners as well. We're going to be talking about if this is potentially a turning point for the Mariners who have struggled leaning into the series. It was their first series victory since April 23rd. It's been a long time. All right, so we're going to be getting into that in just a moment. But real quick, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Our partner, Bet Online, continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online is where the game starts you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day for your next listen check out the locked on now podcast there are recaps of mlb games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us so to me 
this weekend series against the Mets really feels like a turning point for the Mariners, or at least potentially a turning point for the Mariners, because you know you go into the series having made eight roster moves, including the demotion of Jared Kelnick. Uh, it already seems like some of your offseason decisions have blown up in your face, particularly with Kelnick and relying on Kelnick, Kelnick heavily in the in the outfield, and we talked a lot about that. Um, but the Mariners, the reason why I feel that this is such a big turning point for them is because they did something in this series that they really haven't done much of this year. And that's, they fought, they fought their way back into a couple of these games. Um, the first game, you know, they dropped one nothing in the first inning and it's like, okay, here we go. But then Marco kind of levels out and turned things around and as we talked about, gave them a, a really strong performance uh, and and allowed for them to, you know, get into that bullpen with the Mets and and eventually win that game. Then Saturday night, you know, they go down four one, and it's like okay, you know, because I I don't know about you, Colby, but you know, last year when the Mariners fell behind even by four or five runs, even with the limited talent that they had on the roster, it was like, okay, I, I feel like they might be able to to get back in this thing and, and make things interesting. This year, though, they fall behind by two or three runs, and I'm like, this is a wrap. Yeah. But, you know, it's 4-1 on Saturday, and it's like, all right, this game's over, the Mets won, whatever, you know, we'll try to go for the series win on, uh, on Sunday. But Jesse Winker... It's a three-run home run to tie things up. And, yeah, the Mariners didn't get the job done that night, but that was a positive sign. And then yesterday, they were up 4-1. Roles kind of reverse in this situation. And then, as we talked about, Robbie Ray had the big inning bite him, and it becomes 5-4 Mets. And it's like, okay, well, now the Mets have gotten into the, You know, they're probably going to get into the bullpen soon. Uh, they built all this momentum. It's just, uh, you know... They, this is probably going to get out of hand here. And they had a chance to, to win the series and they just let it slip through their fingers. But come the sixth inning, you know, they, you know, Ray leveled out a little bit and kept things at five, four and, and the Mariners stormed their way back. Julio Rodriguez knots things up with a 114 mile per hour exit velocity home run for a second career dinger. And then Cal Raleigh, of all people, <laughs> it's a go ahead to run home run. And then the Mariners did something again that they haven't really done for most of this year. And they played add on with Julio Rodriguez's uh, RBI single the, his next time through the order. And they needed that because Drew's second rider fell apart in the ninth inning. And uh, Dio Castillo, who we have to give a special shout out to here because he had been struggling mightily going into this game. And they call upon him with just one out, runners on second and third. Basically, anything into the gap, anything down the line is going to win this game for the Mets. And he comes through with two strikeouts on Starley Marte and Pete Alonzo. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Alonzo kind of helped him out a little bit there. <laughs> game probably should have been tied, but, you know, check swing, all that stuff. Um, but the Mariners, again, clawed their way back. They did not, you know, just kind of fall by the wayside. They did not just kind of, you know, look, it's 5-4 now. It's over. They, they, they actually showed heartbeat. They showed what made the 2021 team so, so special. And so for me, with kind of doing this roster refresh that they did before Friday, 
And having a series like this, especially where they kind of, you know, they showed their personality a little bit to the Mets fans <laughs> as well. But they showed some confidence. They showed some heartbeat. They showed some will. And that this team has really been lacking that for the most part this year. Did this feel like a turning point to you as well? Um, it feels like it could be. Um, momentum only lasts as long as you make it. So, um, you know, they get swept by the Blue Jays, and we don't really care about the last series. So, uh, yeah, they, they got to continue it. But, uh, yeah, it certainly could be. Uh, it, it certainly has a feel like maybe that was the case. Um, it's also possible that maybe we just want it to be um, because it's like you said, it's been like what three weeks since they won a series, uh, but they did take down, you know, the best team in the national league. Um, at least, you know, statistically the best team in the national league handed them their first uh, series loss of the entire year uh, and uh, did it in, you know, in, in let's say uh, chaotic fashion um, because, you know, these are all one run games. They easily could have gotten swept. They, just as easily could have swept. So it, it was it was kind of a fun series. It was kind of weird. Um, you know, it, it kind of had a little bit of everything. You know, it had the pitcher's duel on Friday. Then it kind of had this, um, you know, kind of a late game uh, heroics type of feel on on uh, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the Mariners just, you know, got out the bats and I think had 18 hits. And, and uh, you know, they had, they had to hang on at the end. Um, and Stecken Ryder really couldn't get it done, although – to his, to his credit, I mean, it's not like Second Rider was getting bashed around the park. There were, you know, there was a ground ball at the middle that kind of took a funny hop on JP that could have been an out. There was mm-hmm. Nimmo kind of just slapped a, a double down the, you know, beat the shift, beat, slapped a double down the third baseline uh, that scored a run. So it's it's not like he was getting, you know, waylaid all over the park. Um, and then, yeah, Castillo comes in, throws nine sliders, um, strikes out uh, Marte, who is one of those tougher guys to strike out in baseball and also Pete Alonzo who doesn't strike out as much as you think for a power hitter. He's about league average or slightly below league average um, in strikeouts. And, and he just throws nine sliders, forgets the fastball. Uh, you know, Blowers made an in- interesting point. The the way the shadows were, you know, across home plate or across the pitcher's mound, it probably made it really difficult for hitters to see, recognize spin, mm-hmm. um, which is why we saw a couple of uh, funky swings from Marte uh, and, and Alonzo. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it was, it was fun because Sunday you got the bottom of the order going a little bit too. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just JP and Ty France and Adam Frazier. Um, you know, we saw contributions from Abraham Toro had a couple hits, Cal Raleigh, uh, obviously the big home run, but Raleigh also, you know, had another ball that was hit really hard. It was a double play. It was hit right at somebody, but that did get a run in. Um, and he was, he was very good behind the plate, uh, especially in that ninth inning. Um, and you, you kind of look at everybody up and down the line. Mike Ford had a big hit, even. Um, and obviously, Julio was kind of the star of the day. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you got contributions up and down. I think everybody in the starting lineup had a base hit um, in this game, at least one hit. Um, so you just kind of got contributions up and down. And then your bullpen, you know, did, it, it did enough, right? It was good enough, um, you know, regardless of how it happens. Also, you know, we should probably mention Paul Seawald had a pretty big series going yeah. up against his former team. Uh, got seven outs, uh, didn't give up a base runner, and um, let you let Met fans know how he felt about the the organization giving up on him uh, quite well. And, and it was it was it was a fun series because it, it does feel like the Mariners were having a lot of fun, and yeah. it, it it does feel like the Mets fans were 
at least at the ballpark, were relatively good sports about it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think the thing that they have with Winkers is, is is funny, and I think it's well done by both <laughs> by both yeah. player and and fans. It's it's kind of funny. Um, and by the way, we should probably mention Jesse Winker. Um, he is breaking out right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, in in the month of May, which is again only what fourteen games uh, at this point. Still, it's a super small sample, but. The month of May, he's hitting 296, 333, 481. Um, mm. I mean, that's Winker. If, if you slap on another 30 points of on base percentage, uh, that's who Jesse Winker has been his entire career. So he's in the midst yeah. of a breakout. Julio has broken out a few weeks ago and he's kind of continuing it. He bounced back after some rough games on, on Friday and Saturday. Um, and you're, you're kind of starting to see Toro is starting to hit a little bit as well. Uh, you're, you're kind of starting to see these guys start to hit, which is good because uh, Frazier's kind of been up and down. JP has been um, – he's been okay since he's returned. He hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been as good as he was in April, which we all knew was going to happen anyways. But that it, the the regression to, to being actually JP Crawford has started. But thankfully, again, Julio has really stepped up. Uh, Jesse Winker stepped up recently. Uh, Abraham Toro is driving the ball with a little bit more authority right now. He looks better and better at the plate. Um, and so they, they are starting to get con- contributions from other places in the lineup. And that's what's going to make this team very dangerous is if five through nine can produce uh, semi-regularly to complement yeah. one through four. Yeah. And you, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago that you know they look like they were having fun. And mm-hmm. frankly, watching this team, particularly on the road, they don't look like they're having fun for the most part. It just seems like there's some energy lacking there. Um, and like it, it, they, they've looked energetic more so energetic at home. And I feel like they, you know, they're feeding off the crowd. You know, Jesse Winker talked about the whole electric factory thing and all that stuff. And like, it just kind of feels like this team body language wise, a little bit of a tale of two stories uh, on, on at home and on the road. And we kind of saw them uh, manufacture that, that, uh, that energy this weekend and kind of feed off of one another and also feed off of, you know, maybe some of their personal uh, beefs, I guess, with uh, with the Mets and with Mets fans, you know, uh, particularly Seawall, particularly uh, Winker. That was uh, that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Also, Chase and Shreve <laughs> getting mad at Winker for, uh, you know, looking at the ball a little too long on his three run home run and then proceeds to give up a, a game tying home run to Julio Rodriguez the next day. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, it uh, it appears the Mariners have found the next Brooks Raley. Yes, Cole Irvin maybe also like Cole Irvin Light. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we see the Mets again this year. I could be wrong. No, no, no I don't think they not. come to Seattle. So, yeah, gotta tell you though, this would be a fun like. This is completely kind awkward, of a but weird this would rivalry. Be a fun- this would be a fun World Series matchup, though, <laughs> considering yeah, some of the yeah, yeah. It would it's, never it's happen, kind of, but like it would, no, it would be a lot of fun considering the the. Um, I mean, because we didn't even see Derek Kelnick in this series, yeah, right? It's true. So if mm-hmm. if Kelnick was involved in this as well, I mean, just think about the storylines. Taiwan Walker yeah. on the other side, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of uh, turnover between these two teams. Um, I think this could be a fun little like. Seahawks versus Panthers rivalry where it's like they shouldn't be rivals. <laughs> they're on opposite sides of the country, but starting next year, you know, they're going to play everybody at least once. And so yeah. uh, with Winker and Seawald and, and I mean, I don't know, man, maybe 
there's so much turnover in baseball. It's really difficult to have, you know, if you're not natural rivals, Yankees, Red Sox, whatever. Right. Um, it's tough to generate the bad blood required, but this seems like it could be a fun rivalry, uh, cross country rivalry. If, uh, because I thought the Mets fans were great at the ballpark. I, it seemed like they were having a lot of fun with it more so than being mm. angry. And I'm sure there was plenty of angry people there, but for the most part, it seemed like it was a, a fun kind of ribbing as opposed to a, you know, hate filled. Sure. Like, you know, and so, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't quite that, didn't get that vibe on Twitter, but, uh, from watching the games, it sure <laughs> felt like that was, that was kind of the vibe of, of, you know, of, uh, the Mets fans this weekend it was just kind of like, uh, okay, we'll see. We'll see. And then kind of yeah. laughing it off. It was, it was, it was a cool, fun series. Yeah. Very much in the spirit of the game. Um, so the Mariners seem to have built some momentum here, but you said momentum is only as good as long as you maintain it. Uh, so hopefully they can maintain it going into a pretty tough series coming up with the Toronto Blue Jays starting tonight. We're going to be getting into that and getting into the night's matchup between Chris Flexen and Yusei Kikuchi in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com and make everything. Every day, your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in 100% real chocolate, or white chocolate rather, and added sprinkles. And all Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go to Built.com and try some for yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So, some of you who've been around probably know that I don't live in the state of Washington. I live in Toronto. And the last time I saw the Mariners in person was August 25th, I believe, 2019. And in that game, Yusei Kikuchi threw a complete game shutout for the Seattle Mariners. Well, fast forward three years... A lot of stuff has happened in between those three years. We won't get into all that. But I'm going to be seeing Yusei Kikuchi again in person for my first time seeing the Mariners in person in three years. Except this time he's pitching for the Blue Jays. And hopefully this one will go a lot worse for him than the last time I saw him. Uh, opposing him, Chris Flexen for the Mariners. Uh, Flexen has been solid here and there. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But... This Blue Jays team is incredibly talented. They're probably a World Series contender. Maybe not as currently constructed, but they certainly have a path to to get in there. Um, obviously, you got guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez, who's just uh, returned from injury. Uh, the pitching staff is is pretty strong, especially with the addition of Kevin Gossman, despite losing Robbie Ray. And despite losing Marcus Simeon, this offense really in general hasn't skipped a beat for the most part. Bo Bichette has kind of struggled a little bit. I did mention him earlier, but um, you know they've gotten some surprising contributions out of guys like Santiago Espinal. Um, and uh, the catching's been uh, been pretty good for them as well. So there, there's a lot to dive into here with this team. This is obviously one of the... Uh, 
more important head-to-head matchups for the Mariners because tiebreakers are now in effect for determining uh, playoff uh, seeding. And, um, you know, there's no more game 163s. There's no more, you know, any anything like that. It's just straight-up head-to-head tiebreakers that matter. So this is a very, very important series for the Mariners who are pretty much in line with where the Blue Jays might end up in the standings this year, at least as we project. You know, they were one game apart last year. And obviously the big you know storyline going into this is uh, COVID restrictions. Obviously uh, players have to be fully vaccinated to be eligible to play in uh, Toronto. And we have a roster move from the Mariners. The Mariners had said leading up to today that they were expecting a couple guys to uh, land on the restricted list. Uh, but right now we only know of one. Uh, not sure if there's more to come, but right now we know of one. That's Drew Steckenrider, uh, right-handed reliever who obviously uh, struggled in yesterday's uh, matchup with the Mets. He's been placed on the restricted list. And Rowenas Elias is back with Major League Ball Club after uh, pitching pretty well down in Tacoma, coming off of Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched in the last couple of years. Last time uh, Elias pitched with the Mariners, he was traded to the Nationals, won a ring with them, even though he was unable to pitch in the, uh, the postseason for the Nats. Uh, obviously signed back with the Mariners and uh, last year got hurt, etc. Missed all of last year, but he's back. He's looking good. Uh, and now he's with the team. Um, what are you hoping to see out of Elias? Do you think he might be able to stick despite this being kind of a temporary call up as it currently stands? Yeah. Um, so it's important to note that Elias right now uh, doesn't count against the 40 man roster uh, because he, he is a, essentially a temporary call-up. Um, so he's not on the 40-man long-term. Uh, they can send him back down. I, my understanding is they can send him back down after they leave Toronto and not have to put him through waivers or anything like that. might be different for a veteran. I'm not 100% sure. The The COVID rules are at least public to the public. Um, they are hard to find and uh, hard to get an official breakdown of, which is exactly what you want in, in this type of situation. A lot of ambiguity. Um, but for Elias, um, you know, he's pitched okay in Tacoma. Uh, it's been a long road back, uh, from, from his Tommy John. Uh, he's been, he's been okay. You know, he's, he's gotten hit hard some, he's had some really good outings, he's had some really bad outings. Uh, but you know, he's the same guy. It's, it's fastball, curveball, a change up every once in a while. Um, it's nice cause he can give you multiple innings. He actually did that a few times in Tacoma. He went more than three, um, which you know should help. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that you're not going to have Stack and Ryder, um, but he just pitched two of the last three days. Now he gets kind of three days off um, to kind of uh, you know uh, uh, reset. Let's say let's say reset after his rough outing on uh, on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I mean Elias has gone two innings, three innings, one in a third, two innings uh, this year. Um, so he can kind of you know he can give you multiple innings. He can go out there and. and be the 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 guy to get the last out in the fifth when he's going up against one of the few lefties um, in the uh, in the Blue Jays lineup. Um, but he's also okay enough against righties. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually most of his struggles have come in the month of May, uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. And really, it, it's been one outing on May third. He got touched up for four earned in uh, two thirds of an inning. So. For the most part, he's been okay. He is a little bit strug- he is struggling a little bit right now. But yeah, you expect some length. You expect some relatively high floor. 
out of Elias, and um, you know we'll see if he even gets into a game. But with Swanson mm-hmm. on the shelf now and, and Steckenrider um, not available, and, and you know Seawalt's pitched two of the last three days. Castillo, he was good on on Sunday, but yeah, <laughs> oh, needs a few more of those outings before you kind of start to trust him again. Uh, yeah. I would say there's a pretty good chance Elias gets into this series. So, like you said, you know, Blue Jays lineup very right-handed heavy. George Springer yeah. been fantastic this season: two sixty-nine, three twenty-eight, five hundred four with a one forty WRC plus. Vlad Junior two eighty, three fifty-two, four eighty, one forty WRC plus as well. He's Vlad Junior doing Vlad Junior stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Espinal, who I mentioned earlier, two eighty-two, three forty-seven, four forty-five with a one twenty-nine WRC plus. So, they've been able to basically replace Marcus Simeon, who's struggled this year obviously mm-hmm. not getting the same exact production that Simeon gave him last year but you know comparing those two it's like night and day right now as they currently stand uh Zach Collins who they brought over in a trade with the uh the White Sox earlier this year he's been uh, pretty decent 99 WRC plus him and Alejandro Kirk present some uh some problems out of that uh out of the catcher spot uh but like I mentioned you know there's also been some struggles from uh from some guys like Bo Bichette 80 WRC plus Teoscar Hernandez, who's coming off of an injury, just an 87 WRC plus Matt Chapman, who they brought over in a trade with the A's, 77 WRC plus. That that is shocking. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyone who uh, listened to any of our fan fiction Fridays, which included Chapman's name, uh, will uh, be very familiar with how uh, we, and particularly this guy to, uh, to my left or my right, however you're watching this, um, feels as well so um i for one am shocked that matt chapman has continued to decline for the third straight year who could have seen this coming so uh how are you feeling about chris flexing because it's not been great not great, <laughs> not great. um uh so are we going uh lead off home run for george springer <laughs> per usual um no actually i, I think he's going to retire uh, actually, what I think is he's going to strike out Springer on like 95 up. We're going to be like, oh, darn, Chris came to pitch. He, he, you know, he got skipped kind of the last time through. He's well rested. And then, you know, he'll give up like a, you know, three run bomb before he gets out of the first. Um, no, it's, it's just, it's not a great matchup for Chris. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly not a great matchup for Logan Gilbert either. Uh, the Blue Jays love to hit the fastball and, and Gilbert loves to throw the fastball. So. Not a not a great not a great matchup here for for the Mariners currently, but they have some momentum, and uh, you know Chris Flexen, he continues to be. I think he's got three of the five best starts this year uh, mm-hmm. for the Mariners, and so it's it's one of those things where you never really know what to get what you're going to get with Chris Flexen. Uh, sometimes he looks like a you know a high end three or even a low end two, and then other times he is um, batting practice to be mm-hmm. to be generous. I mean. Remember the 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 Padres start he had last year. I it's it's tough to know, and and it, it kind of seems to ebb and flow, and it doesn't seem to matter how good the lineup is. Um, it just it's for for Chris, it's all going to come down to can he command the cutter? It's going to be important for him to be able to run that off the outside corner, um, and then he's going to have to have one other pitch, at least one other that is average to above average today. Fastball is pretty much going to be what it is, so. If the curveball or changeup are working, then he has a, a shot to get through six, maybe seven, and keep the team in the game where they try to uh, score off of Yusei, who, as we know, is is definitely susceptible to bad outings. Um, yeah, but he is on a little bit of a roll right now, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, Chris has got to you know just find a way uh, to get this game into the into the fifth, sixth inning, 
uh, with giving the Mariners a chance, and he'll have done his job. Um, two names to look for, look at for this series, under-the-radar names, who could play a big role, uh, Sergio Romo and Penn Murphy. Um, yeah. A lot of righties in this lineup. They're probably going to have to face the Bichettes and the and the Vladdies and the sixth and the seventh inning, and, and they may be nursing a one-run lead at that point, or they may be you know trying to keep it a one-run game, but those two are going to play a big role if the Mariners are going to win uh, this series. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kikuchi, um, right now, 26 innings pitched, 415 ERA, uh, 569 XERA, 499 FIP. A uh, lot of blue right now on his uh, mm-hmm. baseball savant page. Fifth percentile on average exit velocity, sixth percentile on hard hit rate, 12th percentile on XWOBA, 12th percentile on XERA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just, uh, there's a lot of blue. You get the point. He's walking a lot of guys right now, 5.88 free passes per nine. Um, so there, there's definitely an opportunity here, uh, and it's uh, certainly a much more favorable uh, matchup for the Mariners than maybe the next two. But we will get to those tomorrow. You know, I'm kind of upset because, <laughs> like, you, some of you may know that I'm not a huge fan of the Rogers Center, but when the roof is open, it's a little bit better. I, you know, I can buy it as a baseball stadium. When the roof is closed, though, aesthetically, it's just lame um <laughs> but um you know the this past weekend the, the weather finally turned the corner here in uh in toronto it was like 80 something degrees yesterday sunny it was beautiful today it's 56 and, and raining so the roof is absolutely going to be closed and uh yeah just just loving life right now hopefully the uh the weather gets its stuff together the next two days so i can enjoy watching the mariners in the sunshine and not in a crappy dome that's going to be torn down in a couple years apparently it would truly be awful if it rained all week when ty was going to the mariners games it would just break my heart yeah wouldn't it wouldn't it (sighs) all right well that's gonna do it for our show hopefully i can provide the mariners with some good luck they uh they usually do pretty well when i'm there you know last couple times i've been there like i said you say kikuchi complete game shutout for the Mariners. Hopefully that does not happen for the Blue Jays tonight. James Paxson threw his no-hitter when I was in attendance as well. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, just watch out. Chris Flexen's throwing a perfect game tonight. Uh, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidey Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked On MLB podcast that's where paul francis sullivan and please call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues present and past it's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow peace